Exodus 13, beginning in verse 17, says, When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, If the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness towards the Red Sea. Thus the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. Years ago, a friend of mine and I were out in this area riding horses. We loaded up horses on a trailer and we went to this place that was filled with trails and dirt roads and and different places that we could go and, and ride in. And as we saddled up and started riding, it didn't take long when we saw some movement in the woods. And as we were going along this trail, we both looked over to figure out what it was. And we saw something that seemed a little bit odd, that seemed a little bit, uh, I guess, out of place. And what it was, was a whole entire squadron, if you will, of soldiers from the United States Army who were in full combat gear, who looked like they had been in the woods for days, had paint on their face. It was the middle of the summer. And they were acting as if they were literally in the middle of a battlefield. My friend and I, Chris, were looking at each other like, hey, we probably should get out of here. We didn't have any idea what was going on, but it just seemed out of place. Well, it took several years uh, when I finally became a nurse and started working in the Army Hospital where I was able to put the pieces of the puzzle together. I was able to kind of figure out what was happening based off of where we were, where we were located, and the things that were going on around us near this army base. And what I realized was that this, this, this group of soldiers that were out in the woods, they were participating, they were uh, enrolled, if you will, going through a course called the SEER course. Now, if you have been through this course, you're active duty or retired I apologize. I know that I cannot do this course justice to try to explain it. Um, But from my understanding, this is one of the toughest, most grueling, hardest three-week courses that the military offers. And what I learned is that while they were out there in the field, they were literally dropped off into the woods and they had to go with compasses and different maps and different checkpoints and had to essentially pretend that they were being chased down and followed by the enemy. And so as we years prior were literally looking at these guys who were in the middle of a combat zone, if you will, it wasn't a real combat zone, but they were acting as if they were. And we were thinking, why are these guys in the woods? And years later, we realized that those guys were out in the woods. They were in the wilderness for a very specific reason, for a very specific person or purpose, and they had been placed there by someone. So today, I've titled this message, Into the Wild. Can we pray together? Father, we are so thankful for the opportunity to study your word. God, we are so thankful for the opportunity to to learn from your word. Father, we are so thankful for the seasons that we face that we don't understand, for the things that we go through that doesn't make sense. And so God, as we dive into this, this aspect of going into the wild, God, I pray that you would open our hearts. I pray that you would speak to us in a mighty way 
And Lord, meet us here today right where we are. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Hey, if you know the context of the story that I just read, the passage of Scripture that I read, you understand that the Israelites were kind of sent to Egypt or forced to Egypt because of a famine. And they spent years there growing and multiplying, and they became this powerful force. And the king of Egypt did not like it. And so he took the Israelites into slavery, and they were there involuntarily for over 400 years. God used a man named Moses to go to King Pharaoh at the time and say, hey, I want you to let the people of God go, free them from slavery, let them go from Egypt. And after quite a few extreme, dramatic, and drastic events, Pharaoh finally agreed to do that. And if you know the story, you know that the Israelites were freed and they were headed into this promised land. They were headed into this land that God had set aside for them, that God had appointed for them, that God wanted them to get to. And most of you know the rest of the story that all the Israelites that left Egypt to head into the promised land, only two of them actually made it because they got stuck in the wilderness because of their disobedience, because of their unfaithfulness. Now, here's where things take a little turn, if you will. Because if you know that story, if you've heard that story before, that is exactly where our minds often go. That is exactly the perspective that we often have, is that the Israelites didn't make it to where God was calling them to go. They got stuck in the wilderness because of their disobedience and because of their unfaithfulness. And to that point... You would be correct. And guess what? We're going to talk about that next week. But here's a perspective. Here's a thought. Here's a question that I want to challenge you with today. What if the Lord has sent you to the wilderness? What if the Lord has sent you to the wilderness? What if you're not just in the wilderness because of unfaithfulness and because of disobedience, but what if you have been sent there. Now, let me kind of define what I mean figuratively when I say wilderness, all right? What I mean by that is that you you go through this season of life. Maybe it's a week, maybe it's a month, maybe it's a year, but you go through this season to where you kind of feel lost in life. You, You kind of feel disconnected. You kind of feel almost distant from God, if you will, and maybe from other people. It's almost as if you don't know what's coming in life. You don't know what's around the corner. You really have kind of lost your zeal, your passion. You've lost purpose. You've lost, lost vision. And you're just kind of wandering around in life. That's what I mean when I use the term wilderness. But what if that season that you're in or that season that you've been in, and let me just go ahead and warn you, sometime in the future, the season that you're going to be in, what if the Lord has sent you to that place? Now, some of you are already like, Bro, the Lord would not do that. Why would the Lord send me to the wilderness? Why would he send me to a place where I'm going to be isolated and to a desolate place to where I may get attacked or, or, you know, spiritually, or I may face these these hard times? Like, why would the Lord do that? He He wouldn't do that, right? Well, let me just tell you what Matthew chapter 4 verse 1 says. It says, Then Jesus, led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. 
Then Jesus, the Son of God, was led by the Spirit, the Spirit of God, into the wilderness to face a spiritual attack. If the Lord, the Father, is going to send the Son of God into the wilderness for a very specific purpose, for a very specific reason, what makes you think that He would not send you and I to that place as well? And you see, I think so often we get things a little bit mixed up to where we think that the only thing God wants for our life in every circumstance, in every situation, is just to be happy. Pure happiness. But what if I told you today that the Lord isn't as concerned about your happiness as He is concerned about your holiness? What if He is sending you to the wilderness for a very specific purpose, for a very specific reason? And so I want to dive into that today. And I'll, I'll be honest, this is, a, uh, this is really kind of this challenging concept uh, principle to teach. And here's why. Because a lot of people uh, want to believe that the Lord is just punishing us. Like, we're going to face this. We're going to be punished. Again, go back to that saying, it's not about happiness. It's not about doing something and being punished for it. It's about this holiness, this righteousness, this refining. There are times that the Lord is going to send us to places so that he can remove things or even add things so that we can become more holy, more Christ-like and reflect the image that he has created us in. So as I think about this story of the Israelites leaving Egypt, headed to the promised land, I want to go back to the passage that we read, chapter 13 of the book of Exodus in verse 17. It says this, when Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine territory. All right, so if you're taking notes, write this down. Don't take the main road. Don't take the main road. As you know, I grew up in small town USA, and we had two main roads in our town. The first one was called Main Street, right? And there was really nothing main about it. It was just the main road that went through the town. The second one was Highway 74. Now, this is when I was growing up before bypasses got placed anywhere and everywhere. There was no bypass. It was Highway 74 that went right through our town. And so if you were in point A west of my town and you were trying to get to point B east of my town, you had to go through the town that I lived in to get there. And if you weren't from that area, those were the roads that you would travel on to get through. But little did people know that if you actually lived there, there were a lot of back roads and side roads that you could get around town and not even have to get on the main road, and they all connected in different places. And so I started thinking about this aspect of a main road and a back road. And here's what I was thinking about. If you are in a town where you have never been before, you are driving, you make a wrong turn, and you find yourself on a back road you start getting a little bit worried because you don't know where these back roads are going to take you. If you are traveling with your spouse, if you find yourself on a back road, you're going to be asked two questions. Well, let me back up. If you are driving and you are the husband and your wife is the passenger, you will be asked two questions. The first question that the wife will ask the husband is this, are we lost? And then the second question will be this. Why don't you stop and ask 
for directions, right? Now, some of you young Padawans are like, why don't you just pull out your phone and ask Siri to take you where you need to go? Okay, listen, it wasn't always like that, all right? You don't know nothing about going to mapquest.com and printing out a piece of paper that had step-by-step directions, putting it in your visor before you left for your trip, all right? So it wasn't always like that. But it was, it was this aspect of, of, are we lost? And ask for directions. And so, all jokes aside, why does that take place? Why, when we get on this back road, are we starting to ask all these questions? But when we get on the main road, it's not so much. Because the main road provides a sense of comfort, right? Like if you are traveling down the main road, you know that eventually you're going to get to a place that you may be recognized. You're going to get to a place where you can get food. You're going to get to a place where you can get gas. You're going to see a sign that's going to tell you where you are and where you're headed and how many miles to X and YZ destination. There's comfort on the main road, which is why when the Lord takes us to a place of this wilderness, we become fearful. We become uncomfortable and we're wondering what is going on in life. I wonder today if the Lord has somebody on a back road, because here's the deal. The main road, it may be the place of comfort. It may be the place of security, but guess what else it is? It's a place of traffic. It's a place of distraction. It's a place of all of these things that are trying to get your attention. And the main road in life is doing the same exact thing. And you may say, well, that's the road that I want to be on because that's where everything is. And if I stay on the main road, I'm not lost. Well, let me tell you something. The Bible has something a little bit different to say about the main road, and it's found in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, and it says this. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate, the highway, the main road, the highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and few will ever find it. I wonder today if the Lord wants to take you off of a main road and put you on a back road so that he can take the distractions that have been pulling you away from him and minimize them. I wonder if he's taking you off a main road and putting you on the back road so that you can understand you don't know what's around the next curve. And the only way to get there is to trust in him and to rely on him and to figure out the only way I'm going to get through this is to lean on the father. I wonder today if the Lord has you in the wilderness for a very specific purpose. Don't always take the main road. What if The Lord has you and has sent you and is placing you right in the middle of the wilderness where all the back roads are. Because you know what I think about when I think about a back road? I think about twists and turns. I think about very little signage. I think about not necessarily knowing where I'm going to end up. And when you get on a back road, you know what you do? You just have to drive. Right? You just have to go. Either turn around or you just go. And you just, and you just end up where you end up. But here's the beauty of it. When God places you in the wilderness, when he places you in this aspect of a back road, all you do is just keep driving towards him. You keep pursuing him and seeking him. You don't have to necessarily worry about the destination because he's going to lead you exactly where he wants you. And he took the Israelites and he says, listen, I know you know where you're going. You might not necessarily know how to fully get there. And so instead of taking this main road, I want to take you to the wilderness. What if God has sent you 
to the wilderness. The second part of this verse that I see is this. It says, when Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. If you're taking notes, write that down. The shortest route isn't always the best route. The shortest route isn't always the best route. And we have such a hard time with this because what is that? What does that mean? Okay, the shortest route isn't the best route. It means you're going to have to wait. And the process, the journey, the trip, it's going to take longer than you want it to. And guess what you and I are? We're not patient. We're not patient people. We are so impatient. We want what we want, when we want it, how we want it, why we want it. Like we want to be in control and we want it the quickest way possible, right? Like if you were going from point A to point B, if I said, hey, here's, here's, here's where we're headed. You can take two routes. This is the short one. This is the long one. Nine out of 10 of us, we're going to take the short route. Why? Because we want to go from point A to point B with the, the least amount of drama, the least amount of issues, the least amount of directions, and the least amount of time. But listen, the shortest route isn't always the best route. And maybe some of you right now, you're in this season where you know what the short route is. Like, you, you can see it. And logic says, if I was to get this, this is how I would get there. If I was to go here, this is how I would get here. But the Lord, for whatever reason, is making you go around the long way, and it doesn't make sense to you. Maybe you've been working 50 hours a week at the same job for the last 10 years, and everybody else seems to be getting a promotion but you. And you've been waiting, and you've been praying, and you've been seeking. And the Lord says, no, 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 i got a different route I want you to take. Maybe you've been dealing with this, with this, this singleness for years and you're trying to find a spouse and you've been praying and begging God, Lord, send the person for me, the man that you have decided that I should marry, the woman that I'm supposed to send the rest of my life with. It's so easy. It's short, right? We just start dating and we get married and the Lord says, no, no, no. I got a long way for you. Maybe you've been praying and asking God, God, why are we going through infertility? Why have we been trying? It's so easy. It's short for us to get pregnant and make this happen. Why am I going the long way? Why isn't this happening? Like the list goes on and on. And again, this is why it becomes challenging to teach this because now we want to look at this as like, God, what's wrong with me? What, what am I doing? Why are you punishing me? Why aren't you letting me do this? Why are you not allowing this to happen in the time frame that it's supposed to happen in? Why are you taking me the long way around? And I wish I could give you a full explanation. And I wish I could tell you with full confidence the absolute answer, but I don't have one. And sometimes we're going to have to wait in life to figure out why the Lord has taken us the long way. I don't know. I don't fully understand it. Here's what I do know. I would rather take the Lord's long route than Brian's short route because the long route has a whole lot more purpose. It has a whole lot more pruning. It has a whole lot more refining. It has a whole lot more meaning than my little short logical mind can see. And I know there are situations that you are facing that are so challenging. And they're so painful. They hurt. And it's almost like suffering, literally. And you're asking God, why are you allowing this to happen? Can I just remind you today? God sees you, knows you, loves you, and cares about what you're facing. There is a specific purpose 
for why he is taking you the long way instead of allowing things to happen in the short time that you can see. But again, just like if I told you, hey, we're going point A to point B. Here's one way. and Here's another way. One short, one's long. Our logic, our minds, we don't understand and grasp. Why would you want to take the long way and drive an extra 50 miles when you can get there this route? And so therefore, when we face something like this, where God has placed us in the wilderness and we're going the long way, we don't understand it. And you want to know what the natural reaction for us to do is to begin to question God. It's to begin to doubt God. It's to begin to to question our faith and to wonder, does God even care? And he does, church. He cares. I promise you he cares. And listen, I'm human. I face some of the same things that you face. And there are things that I don't understand, but I must learn and constantly pursue and rely on the Lord's plan more than mine. And if he chooses to take me to the wilderness, I might not like it. I might not understand it, but I know that there's a plan and a purpose in it. And that today is what I want you to hear. What if the Lord has sent you to the wilderness? Now, I'm a pretty transparent dude, right? So like if you're new here and you're looking for some polished, super holy rolling, professional all the time pastor, I'm probably not your guy. I'm probably more transparent than than I should be. And so as I started praying and seeking on this aspect of being led to the wilderness by the Lord, there were two really big areas that that came up in, in my life personally and as your pastor, I just want to share them with you. Um, why not, right? Like, hey, to give you an inside look at my life, I'm not better than you or on some platform or, you know, like, hey, I'm, I'm facing some of the same things that you're facing. And the two big areas that I've been really struggling with, this, this wilderness aspect, if you will. And I believe that, that part of both of these things is, is that the Lord has literally sent me to the wilderness to, to work on these things and deal with these things and, and learn some things here. But then there's another part where I've had to learn on my own, like, hey, all right, the Lord sent you there, but you probably stay in there a little bit too long. Again, we're going to talk about that next week. But, but the two areas, the first one is really one that I don't have a ton of control over, but it's this, this long route that the Lord has taken my family and I through in regards to adoption. And you guys know that story. If you don't, you know that uh, I'll tell you that we are, uh, we are adopting a little girl from China. And um, two days before we were supposed to fly out in 2020, we got a phone call said, hey, you can't go. China shut down. COVID-19 is all over the place. And we don't know when it's going to reopen. And from that day to right now, we've been praying fervently, earnestly, just asking God, begging God, pleading with God, Lord, please let us get to our daughter. Like, just let us put our hands on her and hold her and finalize it and bring her to a forever home that you have designed and and created this young little girl for, to be in the presence of her, her earthly father so that we can lead her and teach her about Jesus and show her what the love of Jesus feels like. I could go on and on. But it's like, Lord, why are we going through this long route? Like we were so close, the shortest route. And the whole process flew by. And everything was going so smooth. Everything was going incredibly well. And then all of a sudden you put this stop on it. And you freeze us. And you make a stop. And China doesn't want to open up adoption right now. Like the list goes on and on with all of that. And it's like, what is going on? And I could spend a whole, a whole sermon 
just literally sharing with you the things that, that I have learned in the wilderness of waiting and being patient and taking this long way around that the Lord has, has for whatever reason, given us to go through. And I, if I'm really honest, I've been asking God, Lord, will you just tell me why this is happening? Like, just give me some clarity. Like, reveal something to me and tell me why you want me to go the long route, and then I'll be much better. But it doesn't work that way. God's not always going to reveal everything to you exactly when you want it. And this is why we have such a hard time in this. And so, so I've learned some things. I've learned to trust the Lord's timing. I've learned to be patient. I've learned to seek in my own life and in the life of my home with my wife and my kids and ask myself, are we prepared for this? What type of preparation is happening? As I think about those soldiers in the woods who were literally just going through a school as an exercise, they were actually preparing for what may come in the future. And so as I'm in the wilderness of this adoption process, I'm like, okay, Lord, what do I need to prepare for? What do I need my, to lead the kids that are already in my home? What do I need to lead them in regards to preparation? And the list goes on and on. The second one is this wilderness aspect of, of this church, honestly. Uh, and this is not a negative thing by any means. The Lord is doing some absolute incredible things in the life of our church, and I could not be more honored to be your pastor, and one of the best ministry decisions I've ever made is to have Jay Blizzard as my co-pastor. But the reality is, we planted a church in the middle of, of unknown territory, right? Like, we planted a church in the middle of the wilderness, right? And side note, what the Lord has taught me, there's no bad time to plant a church, okay? So, just so you know, there's no regret there. However, as I think about the Israelites who were headed to this new place, they were comfortable in Egypt, even though the, the circumstance wasn't favorable, because they knew what was going on there. They knew how life looked. They knew how to, how to go through day-to-day -day life in Egypt. And so there was a sense of comfort on this main road. And so now we're planning a church in the middle of who knows what, when, and where, and why. I know why, but like all the location stuff, you know, and it's like, it's like, what is, where am I? And how do I lead my people? Not my people, God, but your people that you've entrusted me to. How do I lead this church to carry out the vision that you have placed in my heart and in Pastor Jay's heart to lead and fuel and carry this church to be the church that you've called it to be? Like, how do I do that? And, and Lord, I, I feel like you, you want us to meet together and, and you want us to be in a building, but, but we've went to this building and this building and this building and it's been a no and it's been another no and it's been another no and no after no after no. And it's like, Lord, what are you doing? Like, wh what is going? Why do I feel like as the pastor of this church that I'm kind of out here trying to lead from the wilderness? And I'll be honest, this is, this is why I'm sharing this message today. And I'm not trying to get in your mail because I can't say this with full confidence, but I can share what, what the Lord placed on my heart is that the way that you can be a pastor and lead a church from the wilderness is understanding that a lot of people that are a part of your church are in the wilderness with you. And I don't know what that means for you or with you or in your life. I know some of your stories, 
I know some of the things that some of you are facing. But the wilderness is hard. And it's challenging. But guys, we have an opportunity, not just as a church, but as individuals, as husbands, as wives, as moms and dads, as teachers, as doctors, whatever your profession is, to learn so much and to be shaped and molded and to know that the Lord has possibly placed us in this season for a very specific reason. The short route isn't always the best route. As I, as I think about traveling around here, I don't know, some of you grew up in this area, you know this area way better than I. I've been here five years, and guess what I still do? Hey, Siri, take me to X, Y, Z. I'm still pulling up my map, even if I know where I'm going. <laughs> Most of the time, if I have to cross a, a body of water, if I'm going this way or that way, and I got to go through a tunnel, I'm turning on the GPS, right? But how often have you been going to a, to a destination and you're on a route and, you know, when you, when you get ready to pull it up, it'll show you like three routes and it'll show you this is the quickest route, right? This is the shortest one. And so you're headed down the shortest route and all of a sudden you're on your destination and Siri says, exit off in half a mile. And you're like, no, 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 I was supposed to go to, you know, 10 exits up and then exit off. And you look and you realize that Siri is taking you on a detour, and you were on the quickest route, but now Siri wants to take you around. And you start to say, well, I'm not doing this. I'm going to stay on the main road. Well, I'm not going to go on the back road and make a detour. But here's where Siri is smarter than us. Siri has information that you and I don't have. Siri knows what's ahead. She knows that if you keep going, you're actually going to come into some danger. You're actually going to come into a route that's going to take longer than if you were just to take the back road and take the detour detour to begin with. Siri is oftentimes protecting us from something that we know nothing about. And if you're taking notes, that is the last thing I want to share with you today. That there is a level of protection that you and I know nothing about. Look at this passage one last time, and we're landing this plane. When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness towards the Red Sea. God had freed these people from Egypt and was headed and taking them and leading them to the promised land, the land that he had promised them. But he said, listen, I've got to take them off the main road. I've got to place them and send them through the wilderness. I've got to send them on the long route because I know if I put them on the main road, if I send them on the short route, they're going to face some opposition. They're going to face something that most likely is going to keep them from headed and going and reaching the destination that I have set aside for them. And so I'm going to send them on a detour. You know what he did? He protected them. And I wonder today if you are in the wilderness, in this holding pattern, on this back road, on this long route, because there is something up ahead that you and I know nothing about that the Lord is protecting us from. And so often we can't wrap our minds around that because we don't understand what we can't see, right? But I, 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 
I thank the Lord that he protects me from things I don't know about. I honestly, and you would too, you would probably be scared to know the things that the Lord has protected you and I from. What if God has sent you to the wilderness to protect you from something that is going to happen or occur if you keep going the short route on the main road? I don't know about you, but I will take that level of protection all day long. And and, and again, a year down the road, the Lord might show you exactly what he protected you from. Ten years down the road, he might show you exactly what he protected you from. Or maybe it's when you get to stand face to face with our Savior, you can say, hey, Lord, what about that time back then? What was going on there? And he looks at you face to face with all his glory. And he says, oh, yeah, I was protecting you for something. And you just say, thank you, God. What if God is sending you to the wilderness? What if he wants to get you off the main road? What if he wants to send you on a long route? What if he's protecting you from one of the biggest dangers in your life? And so what do you do? Right? What what do I do? I'm with you, Brian. Like, I do. I literally feel like I'm in the wilderness right now. And again, next week, we're going to talk about this a little bit more because we can see that the Lord did send the Israelites through the wilderness, but they stayed there a whole lot longer than they should have. And so, 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 so three questions that I, that, I would, that I would propose to you as the application, and, and we're done. Why am I here is the first one. Why am I in the wilderness? Right? Like, okay, and, it, and that's really a simple question. Am I here because the Lord has sent me here? Or am I here because I've placed myself here? Remember, remember the figurative definition? Like you feel distant, you feel lost, you feel disconnected. Some of you are in the wilderness spiritually because you hadn't opened your Bible in six months, right? Some of you are, 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 are in the wilderness, you know, spiritually because you, you, you stay in your bed, you know, I could go on and on. Like, you know what it's like to grow in your relationship with Christ, okay? Some of you are there because you're not growing, you're not doing anything for it. But some of us, some of you, I'm not, again, I'm not better than, I shouldn't say some of us, some of you. Like, what? like there are sometimes we are literally in the wilderness because God has a very specific purpose. So, so figure that out. Is there something I need to do? Is there a reason that I'm in the wilderness? I can just go ahead and mosey on out and get back on the main road because that's where the Lord wants me? Or has the Lord sent me here? The second one, is how did I get here? How did I get here? Okay, if you're over here, how did I get here? What, what led me to the wilderness when the Lord wasn't leading me here? All right? And then the other side, again, it's kind of the same answer. How did I get here? Because the Lord sent me here. And then the last question is this. What can I learn here? And this is probably the biggest one. What can I learn here? God, this is so uncomfortable. God, this is, this is something I do not understand. But, but today I want to acknowledge that, that there is a purpose and there is a reason that you have placed me in this wilderness or there is a reason that I am here by myself all alone and have placed myself here. What can I learn here? And, it, and if this is where you are, where the Lord has literally placed you in the wilderness for a reason, if you begin to ask that question, what can I learn here? I promise you it'll change your perspective on the wilderness. There is something to be learned in the wilderness. 
that I believe the Lord will use to prepare you for something far greater than anything you have experienced in your life. So where are you today? What are you struggling with? What, what are you facing? Where are you doubting God, questioning God? Are you on the main road? Are you on a back road? Are you on a short route, long route? Are you being protected? Are you questioning why this is happening? Are you believing that the Lord is protecting you? Like I could go on and on. I, I don't know what part of this message spoke to you directly. But I believe that there are many of us who are in the wilderness right now. And we could be on either side. We could be here because the Lord placed us here. We could be here because we placed ourselves here. Or, like me, I feel like there's a combination of both. What can we learn here? What can we do here? How can we come out of this season better prepared, better equipped, confident, knowing that He who is in me is greater than He who is in the world? The wilderness, the pain, the suffering, the uncomfortableness, even though you can't see it, it's doing something in your life. What if God has sent you to the wilderness? Father God, we, we pray right now that you would open our eyes that you would help us to understand that just because we're in the wilderness doesn't mean that we have necessarily always done some, something to place us there. Because what happens when we have that mentality is then we feel like we, we've done something wrong. We feel like we, we have this shame and this guilt. And instead of drawing near to you, oftentimes we do the opposite and we turn away from you. But, but if we have this perspective to understand that there are times in our life where we haven't done anything wrong to get to the wilderness, but that you have placed us there. Lord, we know that if we would accept that and acknowledge that, how much more could we receive from you while we're in that season of life? And so God, I pray for every individual at the sound of my voice, for those who are in the wilderness, for those who are not. God, I pray that you would help us to, to seek your face, to pursue you, to look more like you, to ask, what is it that I need to be refined in? What is it that I need to do, whether I need to get off the main road to, to, to reprioritize, to, to put my trust back in you because I've been relying on my own self, my own understanding, and my own control. Maybe I need to, to minimize these distractions that are, that are going on in life and I just need to get on a back road for a little while. Maybe it's, it's to, to quit going the short route, to quit living this hurried life, this bam, 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 got to go, got to go, got to go life, and to slow down long enough. Take the long way around. Take the scenic route and see the beauty that is there. And then, Lord, to thank you, literally to thank you for the protection, the level of protection that you and I know nothing about. God, we thank you for that. So God, I pray for every situation that these people at the sound of my voice, for Pastor Jay, for myself, for our families and the families of our church, for anyone listening, I pray for what they're facing. Lord, reveal yourself. Give comfort, give power, give strength, give boldness, give confidence. Give a peace that surpasses all understanding. Father, we love you, we praise you, we thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody says...
Amen and amen. Hey, I love you.